your Bibles out. We're going to go into part two this morning. How many of y'all were here last week? Did you like last Sunday? Anybody feel like a snake? I hope not. Praise God. I'm not going to let you answer that one. Somebody like, somebody like, yes, pastor, I feel like a snake. No, don't do that. Uh, how many goats I got in the house? Oh, Lord. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, amen. Uh, so, <laughs> some people went, pastor, I went home and I really realized I got some goat tendencies. Well, amen. But I think I said something pretty strong last week. I said, I said, you know, if you realize something in the midst of this message that's you, you realize the shoe is on, acknowledge the shoe's there, but kick the sucker off. Don't keep walking around in the shoe. That's just dumb. Kick the thing off and say, I want to change. I want to become better because here's the truth of it. I believe that this church is one of the greatest churches. And I'm not just saying that because I'm the pastor. I'm saying that because of you. I, I get an opportunity to see how, what an amazing church you ha- we are as, as a family. Listen, last Sunday, wa- watch this. Last Sunday, I told you, I looked around the room and I was like, my God, what happened in this church? Let me, let me just give it to you real quick. 160 people in this room. 57 kids in kids' church. You want to keep counting? This building can't contain where we're going. And I looked back last Sunday and I went, oh, my Lord, what is taking place here? God says, get ready. But it's not going to be done by my preaching or the worship. It's going to be done because we are greater together. When we finally decide to become the sheep of the fold, God says, watch what I do in your midst. I believe this is the best church family in Slido, but I still believe we can do better. Pastor, come on, you're going to tell me we can do better? Yes, you should always desire to do better. You should always desire to be better. You should never get comfortable where you are. You should always desire to go to the next level. The Bible says that you're changed from glory to glory to glory. That means you're going up and up and up and up until one day when you finish this race, you end up in heaven and God says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Not thou good and once attended every once in a while servant. We can be stronger, we can be bigger, we can go farther and accomplish even more together. Listen, I see this church well beyond this facility. I see this church on acres of property. I see this church reaching into the city further than we've ever reached before. And no, it's not about me standing on a pulpit and having a spotlight. It's about this city going, if that church closes, we're in trouble. My pastor said it to me years ago. He said, Brian, he said, if your church closes, would your city even know it? How many churches close in our community we never even know because they were never doing anything? I'm not a church that wants to just stand here and preach the gospel, but I want to preach a word so that you get a word so that we deliver a word. Not preach a word so that you get a word and then you hoard a word at home and wait till next week to get another word to stack on top of that word. Because unfortunately, that's where the church is. It's me, 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 rather than they, they, they. Understanding that if we go get the they's, we become better. What if I told you that the breakthrough that we're looking for is not found in this house? The breakthrough is us reaching those that are not in this house yet. I see this church becoming so much bigger than what it is, but I need you to understand it is not found in me preaching better sermons or the worship team having more musicians and more vocalists or the lighting becoming better or the sound becoming better or the the facilities. It's in you. It's in your expectation, not just for the Sunday morning, but the week-long mornings. Every day that you have an expectation that, that I know that if we can get them here, if we can do this, or if I can pray with them now, God's going to move in their midst to be more than just Sunday worshipers, but to be Monday worshipers. Amen. Every church is filled with different types of people, different backgrounds, different ups, downs, different pasts, even presents. But God has called us to be sheep in his pasture. And the book of Psalms says it perfectly. In Psalm 100, verse 3, it says, Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and 
the sheep of his pasture. Which would lead me to say that if you're not a sheep, you're not in his pasture. Unfortunately, we have a lot of people in the church today that claim pasture, but really are on the outskirts of the protection of the pasture because they have no shepherd. They are not sheep. They're goats, snakes, or wolves. And you go, Pastor, why do you have to make it so bad? I mean, why, why can't we just love them? Listen, sometimes love doesn't correct ignorance. The, sta- the shepherd carried a staff. Y'all know what the staff looked like? It had a hook on the top and it was a stick on the bottom. You know what that was for? To rescue the sheep that were running astray and to beat off anything else that came to attack the sheep. Now, here's the truth of it. If you see a snake in this room today, how many of you are going to be like, oh, look, it's a snake. So glad a snake is here. Now, some of y'all like my light snakes. That's y'all. No, my book, Only Good Snake, is a dead snake. Dead snake. You, you chop the head off. The Bible says he gave you authority to trample on the heads of serpents. Why would you? Look, oh, look how cute it is. Oh. I, I, I don't get it. I just, I don't get it. Amen. Okay. But anyway, uh, uh, it, it's like this. If you, saw, if you saw a mouse in the church today, look at y'all looking down. What? What? There's no mice in our church. Calm down. We have, good, we have good people that come and spray the building and take care of all this stuff. Okay. But, 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 but we, would, we would all freak out, right? We'd all freak out. Here's the problem. In the church, we've gotten so uncomfortable with calling out things that we've just accepted things. And I don't know about you, but I'm not letting snakes in my house. I'm not letting wolves in my house. I'm not letting goats in my house because it disrupts the effectiveness of the sheep. This is the pasture. We want people to come in and become a part of the fold. But if you want to be a snake, a goat, or a wolf, I'm going to tell you what you are. This is not to hurt your feelings, but this is so that you might be changed. Listen, you didn't leave sin until somebody exposed the sin. (laughs) You didn't stop being who you were until you found out there was a better way. I'm just trying to give you a better way. So let me me give you this warning as we're stepping into this this morning. All of a sudden, my iPad has gone nuts on me. There it goes. This morning, I, I just want to say this to you. I'm not telling you that you're one or the other, but if the shoe fits, be willing to change it. I'm not telling you, you're a goat and you're a snake and you're a wolf. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying to you is is I want to label these things so that we understand what they are, so that we can move beyond it. So when people come into our church, they see the sheep of the fold, not the wolves attacking the sheep. They see the sheep of the fold, not the goat standing in the room abusing the sheep. They see the sheep of the fold, not the snakes waiting to strike those who walk in to become a part of the fold. Because they want to infect them. I don't want to deal with these things. But, but, I, but well, last week I talked to you about the sound of a goat. And, and I, I wanted to show you this real quick because I, I need you to know I wasn't losing my mind. So Simon and, and video guy, if you'll, you'll show them real quick because I didn't want you to think I was making this up. I've heard people in the church that sound just like this. Y'all thought I was making that stuff up. I know. That, that, that's a real noise. That really comes. That, that's, there's no, that's like, that's crazy. There was one I was watching. They had a goat attached to a rope. And it, I swear to you, the goat was saying help. I swear to you. 
And the girl was like, help, help. And then God kind of said, that's kind of like the goats in the church. They're tied up to stuff. They yell and help, but won't free. Ah, okay, I'm trying not to get too crazy this morning, but, but what I'm trying to show you is, is that there are, there are tendencies, there are things that are happening, and we, we've got to just deal with it. So this morning, I want, to, I want to go back beyond, I want to go to the next level. So last week, I dealt with us, we being a family. We've got to become better. That means we've got to be sheep. That means you've got to be willing to come into the fold. That means you've got to be willing to shed off some of the old you so that you can step into the new you. Can I get amen from somebody? So last week, I dealt with we, and there's no better way to finish last week's message than a family picnic, and we got to be we, but this week I'm going to take it a step further because you can be a we and still be a you. You can claim the we because there's benefits, but never act like a we. And the way we do this is by these points here. So turn with me this morning. This is going to be a decent amount of scripture for this first part. But 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 3 and, and I'm going to go there. They'll have it on the screen. You can turn to your Bibles, highlight it real fast, so you can go back and read it again later. But 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 3 through 10, it says this. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? And he said, Yes, I know. Keep silent. Then Elisha said to him, or sorry, Elijah, excuse me, Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho came to Elisha and said to him, do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? So he answered, yes, I know. Keep silent. Then Elijah said to him, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Jordan. But he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Watch this. And 50 men of the sons of the prophets... Religious folk went and stood facing them at a distance while the two of them stood by the Jordan. Now, Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up, struck the water and 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 it was divided this way and that so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. And so it was when they had crossed over that Elijah said to Elijah, ask, what may I do for you before I am taken away from you? And Elijah said, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. So he said, you have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. Pastor, why did you read all that? Well, here's the problem in the church today. Sheep live for the success of the shepherd's vision and are willing to do whatever it takes to see it come to pass. Snakes only like the vision if it benefits them. Goats don't even care about the vision. They just exist. Wolves don't like vision if it's not their own and will destroy anyone who does not agree. Okay, so go back and read the scripture for just a moment, and I'm going to kind of jump through a couple pieces. You've got Elisha, who is serving Elijah. Elijah's a prophet. Elisha knows what God has mandated on his life to do, and in the process of him serving the vision of Elijah, people, naysayers, religious folk, come in the room and say, stop. You're serving, you're, you, know, you know, God's going to take your master away. God, God's going to, God, your church is going to fail. You know, your, your, your pastor, he's not as nice a guy as you think he is. Huh. I hate to break this to you, but if you don't think I catch wind of everything that gets said, you're crazy. Hey, it's funny to me how people think that they can say stuff and I'm never going to find out. I have a family. I don't have goats. I have sheep. Sheep protect the house. 
But unfortunately, in, in, in churches all across America and all across the world, there are other people in the house that are always calling out what is to come rather than what is right now. And the reason that is is because they're not lined up with the vision. They're just lined up in a building to be seen. It's, I've had people over the years that have come into the church, and, and I'm not trying to call them out, but, but they've told me I could, that I should do it a different way. I politely respond, will you, will you please start a church so that your way can be done? Because this is what God told me to do. Can I just say this? And this is not to hurt anybody's feelings, but, but, but let me help you something. You're not going to grow in this house if you come against this house. You're not going to succeed in this house. You're not going to be used in this house. You're not going to be a vessel in this house if you come against this house. Because if you come against this house, you have a spirit on you of division and discord. You have now become the split tongue of a snake. You can't talk out of two sides of your mouth. You can't look at me on one side, Pastor, we love you, and the next minute talk trash about me. And let me help you with something. I might not ever find out, but God knows. And God judges the heart of a person. Let me help you with something. You go, God, why aren't you using me yet? Maybe it's because you're not willing to be used yet. Because you're still filling your vessel full of all your past church hurts rather than the one thing that God wants to bless you in this house. How many people have come to this church and said, Pastor, I got a church hurt, I got a church hurt. Man, please stop telling me about your church hurt. Find out what God wants to do with you in this place and let me heal you from that place. Well, Pastor, you, you're too tight sometimes. You, you, you talk about things too tight sometimes. You're not, you're not encouraging. I don't feel good when I leave your church. I'm sorry. I know the mandate on my life. There are moments we're going to laugh. There are moments we're going to cut up. Then there are moments I'm going to say some things that are going to be tight. You're going to have to swallow a little bit. But I promise you, it is only for the edification of you and the encouragement for you to finish the race, not get stuck in the middle of the race. I am tired of watching church people, believers, get stuck in the middle of the race and then blame God for their inadequacies, their inabilities, their frustrations, their complacencies. And then they go, well, I got to leave the church. Why? Because I, I, I just don't like Pastor Brian. What did I do? How did, how's it my fault? Sheep, get into the middle of the vision and do whatever it takes to see it come to pass. Goats don't care about your vision. They'll talk about your vision, but they won't get in the vision. We need people to serve. I ain't never served in this church. Why right, God didn't call me to serve. What did he call you to do then? Sit, soak, hoard, eat all the food and get fat? What did he call you to do? Because how are you going to work it off if you're not serving? Mm, I'm trying to help you. Because like, see, this, this is where it gets uncomfortable because, no, Pastor, don't say this. Don't, don't say this. What, what are you looking at? If I go around the room and I say, what's the mission of this church? Doesn't matter how many times I put it on the screen. Doesn't matter that it's in the foyer. Most people don't even know what it is. Love God, love people. It can't be any simpler. Love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourselves. Love, 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 love. But in the process of you loving people, don't forget to love me and my wife. Amen. Don't forget to love my kids. I don't know if y'all realize this, but I pray more for my kids than I do my wife and me. You want to know why? Because I feel like the attack is more on my kids than it is on my wife and I. You understand to take on this assignment, this took a lot of contemplation, a lot of heavy weight. You know your word says that when I die, I'm judged twice. Ah... My wife looked at me. She said, are you sure we want to do this? That's a lot of judgment. But when you know that you know that you know you're doing what God's called you to do, you can't accept any other assignment. Somebody said, Brian, you want to go work a job? No, I would be miserable. I, I, I would be miserable not doing what I do. 
because I, I'm, I love what I do. But in order for us to be one, in order for us to go together, we have to be one fold, one family. And I need you to support the vision of this house. That means if a naysayer shows up. So let me ask you this question. If, if I'm not going to call a name, but, but if, if somebody were to come to me after church and go, Pastor, I need to talk to you about so-and-so. Now, you're the so-and-so, right? So whoever, okay. I need to talk to you about so-and-so. And I go, you know what? Come here. Let, let me hear. What have I become? A gossiper. I have become someone who refuses to protect the sheep. I have now allowed myself to be distracted to tend, from tending the sheep to now talking about the sheep. Let me say something to you. If someone comes into this house and says, come here, I want to talk to you about your pastor. I want to talk to you. Now, let me, let me help with something. They can talk about me. Talk about my wife. I'm going to knock somebody out. The flesh will rise up. Spirit will be set aside. Pastor, don't say that. Come on. You're the same person. Every man in this room has got a wife. You do the same doggone thing. Hold up. Now, my wife's Polak and Italian. She probably can handle herself. But that means I'm not going to step up because, amen. But what I'm saying is, is that if someone comes into this house to spread discord, silence them. Shut up. If you're sitting, oh, God, here it comes. I'm trying not to get stuck at this one point. If you have to sit at your dining room table and discuss the inadequacies of this church, you have now become an inadequacy in this church. Oh, well, we got tight real quick. Your feather room sucked all the air out of it real quick. Why? Because the people don't think I know. Because here's the problem. Snakes, goats, and wolves talk to other sheep thinking dumbly that that sheep's not going to talk. And sheep always go back. You ever seen a quiet sheep? Ain't seen one yet. And they will express what's been talked about. Let me say this to you. If you have a problem, the Bible says if you have an ought with your brother. It says you leave the altar. You go to them. You handle it. And then you come back. What does it say? Because people don't catch this one. It says, then the both of you can come back to the altar together. Do you see where I'm going with this? Sheep protect the vision, protect the shepherd, no matter what. Now, if I fall, okay, if I do something immoral, I have contingencies with my board, with my pastor, that I will be sat down as pastor. Not sabbatical. I will step down as the senior pastor of this house and allow someone else because obviously I could not handle the responsibility of leading this fold. It is not one of the well, he just needs a sabbatical. No, I need to step away because I cannot ever have you wondering whether or not you're being led in the right direction. I have to be willing to walk away, not hope one day to come back, but to allow you to be led by a shepherd that will stay the, stay the course and finish the race, not somebody who will slip out when he feels like it. That is my position on it. Doesn't mean that I cannot be restored. Doesn't mean that I cannot ever do ministry. But I cannot come back and take this church because it will always be a question. Where's pastor at? What's he doing? And I understand that. So I have things in place. If, if I get in trouble, the board calls Pastor Glenn. Pastor Glenn comes to Louisiana and they figure out what the next step is. Why? Because it's more about the sheep than it is the shepherd. <laughs> This is long-term. See, here's the thing. I get 90 years to preach the gospel, to be this guy, right? Then it's over. 
And I'm saying 90 pounds, you're going to live. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't really care. When it's over, it's over. Okay. But, but I get this time to do it. Here's the thing. What I teach here, you get to go and impart into your kids, into your kids' kids, into your grandkids. So this goes well beyond me. Right. It's always been about the sheep. It's never about the preacher. It's always about the sheep. Where are the sheep going? But the sheep will only go if we deal with the snakes, goats, and wolves in the house. And, and I'm saying this to you with love. Please don't sit around your table and talk about me. Pray for me, because I promise you I'm praying for you. I promise you. And, and, and there are moments where I know certain things, and I know things are happening, and I'm that kind of guy that uses like, nope, pull the weed right now. I will call, deal with it real quick. But then there are moments where God says, sit back, relax, pray for them. They're going through a season, just pray for them. But God, you know what? I know what you want to do, Brian. Put the stones away. Put the slingshot away. Sit your butt down and pray for them. Right. Okay, God, I'll pray for them. Okay, God, I'll, I'll back out. But please, don't attack the vision because you're, effect, you're affecting the strength of this house as one rather than dividing it and making it something it's not. Elisha, even in the midst of the naysayers, stayed with the vision. And the Bible says that when Elijah left, he received a double portion of Elijah's anointing. Do you understand if you will sit still and support the house, God will reward you in your season. And he'll give you greater than what you had, but you're going to have to have a servant's heart in the process. Servants don't talk, servants serve. I'll give you the next one. You ready? Okay, the hard part's over. Amen? That's why I did it first. I was like, okay. 2 Samuel chapter 15. 2 Samuel chapter 15. Here it comes. After this, Absalom bought a chariot and horses, and he, fired, and he hired 50 bodyguards to run ahead of him. He got up early every morning and went out to the gate of the city. When people brought a case to the king for judgment, Absalom would ask where in Israel they were from. And they would tell him their tribe. Then Absalom would say, you've really got a strong case here. It's too bad the king doesn't have anyone to hear it. I wish I were the judge. Then everyone could bring their case to me for judgment and I would give them justice. Okay, let me give you backstory real quick. Absalom is a son of the king. And when the people came, he tried to hijack the king's authority for one word, jealousy. Another word, spotlight. Okay. Let me give you these real fast. A sheep honor the chain of command. Snakes infect others with their discord about the effectiveness of the chain of command. Goats question the chain of command. Wolves attack the chain of command head on. I feel like it's getting tighter every step I take. Okay, let me say this to you. If you're on my staff, stand to your feet. Okay, you can look around. This is my team. My wife's not in the room right now this morning. But this is my team. Pastor Susan's in kids' church right now, so just act like she's in the room. Okay. I'm going to say this very boldly. If you attack any one of these people standing up, you're attacking me. I'm saying that emphatically without any shadow of a doubt. If you have an issue with them and you do not go to them about the issue, you're attacking me, and trust me, I'll get involved. Because here's the problem. If you're challenged by their serving, then you're challenged by my authority to pick who serves in this house. As pastors. Therefore, now you don't even trust me to lead this house. Therefore, I don't even know why you're in this house. 
I'm not saying that we don't make mistakes. I'm not saying that we handle everything perfectly. But if you truly are a sheep in this house, your responsibility is to go to them and address what you feel, understanding that my statement, you can use this anytime you talk to any of our team, your feelings are never wrong, ever. You can have an opinion and we're going to make ugly faces. That smells. But feelings, how you feel is never wrong. So if we do something that makes you feel a certain way, it is our responsibility as the sheep of, as the shepherds in this house to make sure that healing is manifested so that you no longer feel that way any longer. That is our responsibility, right? So if you go, let's say, I'll just use Pastor Robert because he's standing in front of me. You're mad at Pastor Robert. Pastor Robert. And you don't go to Pastor Robert? And I find out you didn't go to Pastor Robert? It ain't going to be one of those telephone conversations. I might find you at church. Because I'm going to find out what the deal is. Well, you, you, you just don't know. You, you think I don't know? Ask my team how much I don't know. Why? Because I'm open-eyed all the time. And let me, let me just help you real quick so you don't think that this staff doesn't ever get chastised. Because they do. Don't think I don't correct. Because I got a pastor that corrects me. My pastor calls me. Why are you doing that? <laughs> Brian, shut up. Quit crying. I'm not mad at you. Just fix it. Okay, good. All right, good. So I do the same thing with them. I, listen, if I see an issue, I deal with it. Ask them. They'll tell you. I don't sit there and go, I hope it goes away. I don't have time for that. Because if one affected sheep is in the house, it will begin to infect others. So I deal with it as quick as I see it. But if you have an issue with this team, you have an issue with me. If you cannot go to them, then please come to me. But do not divert the attention of sheep to yourself. Because the last time I checked on the paperwork of the state of Louisiana, it does not list you as the senior pastor of this house. It does not list you on the board. It does not list you as a staff member. You are a tender of this house. You are a sheep in this house. Live under the protection of the shepherds in this house. If you cannot, amen, do one of two things. Ask God if he's really called you here, number one. Number two, ask God where there's an issue in your life that needs to be brought together so that healing can happen so that you don't carry this in another house. Sit down. Pastor, why are you so tight? Because this is how we do it. Nobody ever wants to talk about the, 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 the way the church functions. They just want everybody to come in and worship and sing a couple songs and go home and everybody's be happy. And everybody's great. Praise the Lord. And then I wonder why people, you know, I've had people leave the church because they couldn't even tell me how they felt. How, how can I fix something if you don't tell me? How can I love you if you don't allow me? Do you, do you understand? Do you, I don't think you get it. Do you understand how grieving it is to watch people come and go? You break up with somebody, married to somebody, you're getting divorced, you're falling apart. I got to deal with it all year long. People come into church, I say something, I stand on a the chair, they're walking out the church. <laughs> pastor's crazy. <laughs> I didn't give them what they wanted, they walk out the church, I'm going to another church. And all the while, I'm not sitting there going, yeah, good riddance, I'm going, there's another one. You know, you want to hear another one? You know how hard, how hard it is to watch my son say goodbye to friends? Yeah, you didn't think about that one, did you? 
And you know what the sad part is? Most people have left this church because of other people in the church, not because of me. Do you know that almost 99% of the time, Kirk's been here with me the longest, hit 99% of the time, most of the people that leave the church try to take people with them? Do they not, Kirk? And then I have to tend to the reality of the truth of a situation? All along while I do what? Continue to love the people in the house. Honor the chain of command. Support the vision. Honor the chain of command. Here's part two. And let me, let me say this to you. My chain of command is not a dictatorship. My chain of command is a love ship. We're not right all the time. I'm human. Have you not seen it when I make a mistake? Do I not stand to this pulpit and apologize openly for saying certain things that God corrects me on? I am not so high and mighty that I cannot be corrected. And when I'm corrected, I will tell you I've been corrected. Do you want to know why I do that? Because if the shepherd can't be corrected, the sheep will never be corrected. Hebrews chapter 12. See, this isn't as fun as it was last week, is it? Amen. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 12, verse 7, it says this. I got two more for you, and then we're done. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. You read the King James Version, you might find another word that you might be surprised is actually in your Bible. I'll tell you, the Bible calls you a bastard. I've always said one day I was going to preach that message called the spirit of that. And I've always warred with whether people think I was trying to cuss in church rather than understand the true statement of the church because here's the truth of it. And I'm not even in my notes. The truth of the matter is there's a lot of illegitimacy in the church. Amen. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the father of spirits and live? For they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them, but he for our profit that we may be partakers of his holiness. Now, no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful nevertheless. Afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Okay, here it comes. Sheep are secure and can handle correction, discipline, and change. Snakes will bite the hands that correct. Goats don't care about correction. They're always right. Wolves despise correction and can always do better. Let me, let me give you this quick story. I was just coming to Pastor Glenn. It would have been six years ago, so that would have been, what, 13? Pat, come and Pastor Glenn, and Pastor Glenn calls me one day. I'm sitting at Starbucks eating, drinking, <laughs> doing work, whatever whatever I was doing at that point. And uh, he calls me, and he says, hey, Brian, I want to talk to you about something. And I go, okay. And I understand I had just come under Pastor Glenn. He had just become my pastor. And, and so, uh, of course, like any son to a father wants to impress. Work with me for a second. I wanted to be a proud dad, okay? Didn't have a lot of that growing up. I was looking for it. And he called me, and he said, Brian, there's something I want to talk to you about. He goes, how come you never told me about A, B, and C? And honestly, I didn't think about it, but in honestly, I didn't want him to know about it, okay? Because it was something I had made a mistake in my past, and I didn't want him to know about it, and I wanted everything to look good. Come on, can, we, can y'all be human with me for just a second? Okay, so I wanted things to look good, and he calls me. He goes, you can't do this. You can't hide things from me. Immediately after he corrected me, I get off the phone and I'm thinking in my head, here we go. Spiritual father number two, gone. Three, gone. Gone. I'm going to be alone again. Here he goes. He's going to leave me. Leave me high and dry. Anybody ever feel like that sometimes? Okay. Literally within 30 seconds, he calls me right back. Stop it. 
Lord. He goes, you're sitting in Starbucks crying, thinking I'm leaving you. He said, I'm not leaving you. I love you too much to leave you, but I love you too much to let you stay the same. From that day forward, all of my pain from the past stopped. Because for the first time in my life, I had somebody that loved me enough to correct me, but then walk me through the correction until I was back on the right track. Not... You're a failure. Get out. Hope somebody else likes dealing with you. Because I've had pastors look at me in the past, the ones that bailed on me, looked at me and said to me, point blank, you're not worth our time. I'm not mentioning names, but if they watch Facebook, they'll know who I'm talking about. I've had pastors blackball me across the nation to keep me from fulfilling the purpose on my life because they got mad because I didn't do what they wanted. Although, well, I can't get into that one. Okay, never mind. That's, that's, another, that's another story. Sheep are secure and can handle correction, discipline, and change. If I stand here at this pulpit and I give you correction, discipline, and change, eat it. Because I promise you, you're going to gain a lot more from it than the pat on the butt telling you a good game in the midst of your pains. I'm not going to always do it, but when it comes, receive it. Know that God has given me that word so that he can change the house so that we can become better together. Don't look at it as a personal onslaught and attack on your existence. It is not you that I'm coming after. It is the sheep that I'm coming for. It is the flock that I am tending to because when we are on one accord, we are more effective together. Don't ever take a message that comes from this pulpit and make it personal. I was not thinking about you when I wrote my sermon. Let me help you with something. There's a reason why I do not get on Facebook. Do you want to know why? Because Facebook can make me write messages about you. Oh, no, I hate to break it to you, but sometimes I see something like, oh, know what I'm preaching this Sunday. <laughs> so about two years ago, I bailed out. Yeah. My baby like, you got, I got sent you a message on Facebook. Bro, I don't check it. Why don't you check it? Because you don't want me to check it. You might become a part of my sermon next Sunday. I don't want to do that. I want to, because it gets in your head. Because as a sheep is tending the, as a shepherd's tending the sheep, he sees one sheep acting a fool. Yeah, we're going to deal with this one right now. And the rest of the sheep are going, that wasn't me. Why is he so angry? And while all of a sudden I'm looking, I'm not looking. If I look at you right now, it's not you I'm talking about. But I'm looking and going, why is he talking to me? Because I am. I'm dealing with you this morning. No, I don't want to do that. I want to bring a message to the house that affects the house, that grows the house so that we can be better together. Sheep are secure and can handle correction, discipline, and change. And help me, baby. I like to change some stuff. But why do I change stuff? Because let's be honest, change can be exciting. Don't bite the hand that corrects. You're not always right. Neither am I. Dear God, don't despise correction. Amen. That's all I'm doing. Last one. Here it comes. First Peter chapter 5. Did you get anything out of this one? Amen. Next week I got it. Can I give you real quick? Real quick. Next week I start a series on the anointing. Y'all ain't ready. I wasn't ready. Yeah, you're not. Amen. Because it's making me messed up. So just get ready. Okay. First Peter. So invite a friend next week. Fill your seat. Amen. First Peter chapter 5, verse 5. It says this. In the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders. And all of you dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another. For God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Hmm. Jesus. Hmm. I felt the spirit of God when I read that one right there. 
Let me, let me start with the top of verse 5. In the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders. Okay. The ones that just yes to me right there have been disrespected by the younger. Amen. This is something that's not taught in the church anymore. And, 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 and I'm old school in this. You respect your elders. I don't care if you don't like them or not. Okay, I'll give you this. And I don't even know if anybody will ever see this. This morning I was getting up and I was in the shower. Okay, can I just, can I just be really transparent for just saying, you got, give me a few minutes just to get this off my chest. I'm in the shower this morning. I know it's Veterans Day coming up. I'm, I'm a military brat because my, my stepdad, my dad, whatever you want to call him, uh, was in the military and served special ops my entire life. I mean, we, there are times we didn't know if he was coming home or not. Um, we got to hear really cool stories years later, but in the process, we it was always secrets. And um, I was standing in the... I am healed for what's happened in my past, but it doesn't mean that the stories don't go away. And I was standing in the shower this morning, and God said, I want you to find a way to send him a message. And thank him for serving. But God, he didn't serve me as a dad. But he's still your elder. Respect him. And I sat in the shower and I go, what do I call him? Drunk? Abuser? Dad? Stepdad? He said, maybe if you call him what I wanted him to be. Even though you're 42, he'll have an opportunity to become what he didn't in the first years of your life. And I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't even know if it's going to happen. I'm going to try my best. I'm going to give everything I can to make sure he gets a message, not of reconciliation, but of honoring, respect. You didn't have to leave the house. You didn't have to fight for this country. You didn't have to make sure that we were safe. You didn't have to make sure that I didn't get shot up in my home. You didn't have to make... But you chose to. Can I just say this? We have based the respect of elders based on what elders do for us rather than just because they're elders. I don't agree with all my elders, but it doesn't mean I won't respect them. Listen to this. Agreeing is not respect. You don't have to agree, but you still have to respect. Then my kids go around and say, yes, no, excuse me? Yes, what? No, what? Why do we teach them that? Because it's respect. My little, my five-year-old the other day, I said, love. She goes, what? <laughs> my eyeballs got bigger than my head. I looked at her from across and I said, what? She goes, yes, sir. Because <laughs> she knows. The what? Who are you? What? Who? Girl, you better, better call somebody. Get a friend. <laughs> Seek counseling, something. But let me let me help with something. Let me let me help with something. Let, let, let me let me teach something real quick. Those of you that are elders in the room that have been dis- disrespected by the younger generation, I need you to understand something. They don't do it by choice. They do it by what they're taught. I come from a generation you were taught to respect your elders, regardless. Even if they were whipping you with a spoon, you still respected them. <laughs> Amen, mama. Amen. (laughs) But the generation that's come up underneath us is a generation that's not raised by parents, but raised by media. Hey, I don't want to deal with you. 
Here, play with my phone. Get on YouTube. The, the generation that disrespects is because we've stopped teaching. We've just hoped that one day they'll become like us. They're not going to. You had to be taught. Don't get mad at the younger generation. Teach them. In the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders, and all of you dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another, for God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Sheep allow the shepherd to see their full potential through serving. Snakes come in full grown in their own eyes. Goats don't care about potential. Wolves destroy others with potential for their own sake. People always want me to see their potential. People always want me to see their call on their lives. But in order to see that, I must see your humility first. Don't tell me what you're going to do. Just do it. If you're going to tell me, it's because you want to be seen. Rather than just do. Trust me, I will always honor and reward and celebrate. I will always thank and be appreciative, not privately, but publicly. Why? Because that's what I do. I believe in honor. I believe in, 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 in shepherding a sheep that feels like they're loved when they walk into the fold, not feel like they're an outsider and hope one day they can be the top sheep. You should never desire to be the top sheep in this house. You should always desire just to be a part of this house because together we are at the top. But a sheep allows the shepherd to see their full potential through serving. Do something you weren't asked to do and watch what God opens up a door for you to do. Pastor, what's my calling? I can't tell you what you're calling, but I can tell you how to serve. 19 years old, church I'm working for. I want to be a a preacher, Pastor. I want to to learn how to preach. Good. Walk, Walk with me. Come to the toilet room. Here's a scrub brush. Here's a spray bottle. There's how you start. Pastor, that's not what I asked for. I didn't ask, I didn't ask to scrub a toilet. I asked to, I, asked to, I asked to preach the gospel. I want to stand before people and declare your word. And he said, if you can't clean up their poop, you'll never be able to clean up the messes in their lives. So I started by scrubbing toilets, fixing the building, painting buildings, doing all this stuff, building bathrooms. I don't know how to build a bathroom, but baby, I can lay tile, lay carpet. I can build bathrooms all day now. It only took me flooding a whole second floor of a building first. You can ask me about that story later. You get a phone call while I'm at lunch. Brian, you need to come to the building. Why? Water is going down the elevator shaft of the admin building. Stupid me. I put a plastic cap on a metal water pipe. Boom. Okay, here it goes. Okay. Pastor, I don't, I don't, I don't want to clean the toilet. I don't want to clean the toilet. I just want to preach. I know you do, but I need you to serve first. Not knowing that the two years I served as a janitor, God would give me 32 different messages to write while I'm scrubbing toilets. Little did I know I'd be given keys to the sanctuary, that I could stand in the sanctuary at 11 o'clock at night when no one was in the building, see 4,000 chairs, and believe in my heart that one day I would stand in a room not to be seen, but to declare to the masses that God has not quit, that he's not forgotten, that I know you might be alone, because here's the truth of it. At that season of my life, I was living in a small little room on the property, protecting the property at night. I didn't have anything to my name, nothing. Everything that I had could fit in a 9 by 12 room. How does that guy stand before thousands and declare the gospel? How does he get to that place? Through serving. The next morning, I'd get up and go clean more toilets. And the next day, I'd go clean more toilets. And, and everybody go, why are you still at the building? Because I got I to gotta do it. People would look at me and go, you're there too much. You're, this is not normal. You don't understand. The call is not normal. 
He was said to me, Brian, why are you doing what you're doing? Because I can't live until I complete it. I've been asked by people to take other jobs and to, well, we'll do this. This would make your family more money. Ah, I can't. I got to do this. I got to finish this. My life depends on it. But sheep allow the shepherd to see their full potential through serving. Can we tell you what great sheep are? I'll tell you. Great sheep are sheep who serve. We talk about this. We, don't, we, we honestly believe that the church does not understand how great they are until they serve. And the moment you start to serve, God starts to do things in your life you never thought possible. Can I say this as the shepherd of this house? There should never be an open space to serve in this church. Ever. Ever. There should never be an inadequacy in any ministry in this church. Not in this house. Because if we're sheep, we live for the success of the house, not the success of a ministry. Oh, Pastor, you need somebody to come change diapers? I'm, look, I'm not good at changing diapers. If you teach me, I'll change a diaper. Just give me gloves so I don't touch nothing gross. Amen. All right, fine. If you got a gag reflex, changing diapers is probably not your calling. Amen. But let's be honest here. If this is our house, if this is your house, would you ever neglect your house? Keep your house clean? Well, we try. Amen. We got four kids. We try. You don't just give them a marker and go, hey, just go to town and have fun. No. That's called spankings. Amen. But you live for the success of the house. You honor the chain of command. And you do this together and you serve. How do we become stronger when we serve together? Well, pastor, I'm only called to this. Well, if I took that thought process, ask Kirk if you don't believe me, if I took that process and said, well, I'm only called to preach from the platform, we would not be sitting in this room right now at all. But I didn't do this for me. Tiff and I were declared, I wish I'd have brought the audio, but Tiff and I were were prophesied over when before we started the church, two weeks before we started the church, three weeks before we started the church, we were in Alabama. And a, a gentleman that we know very well stood up. He, nobody knew we were in the room. And he looks back in the back and says, sir, ma'am, stand up. We stood up and I'm like, oh God, here we go. Here he comes. Because I've been in churches where people just talk. And he goes, I don't know what it is about you. He said, but God's given you a ministry to pick up at the broken pieces. He said, I'm not saying, he says, you have a church for the broken. And I'm going, oh, great. We're that benevolence church. That's the church we're going to be. He says, no, 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 I'm not talking about like that kind of church. He said, people that have been broken will come to your house and be restored. He said, God's called you to pick up the discarded the ones the church pushed out so that you could show them who the church is. Then he starts declaring all these things over Tiff and I. And Tiff and I go back and listen to this every once in a while. Well, that hadn't come to pass yet, and that hadn't come to pass yet. And then the other week I was listening to it because every once in a while I'll just play it again, and, and I listened to it again, and God started laying it on my heart. He said, Brian, all of those things don't happen for you. They happen for them. 
He said, I gave you a word for the house, not for you. He said, the moment you decided to be a pastor, everything I do for you is for the house. So I'm giving you a word for the house. Can you please stop saying it's for you and let it be for the house? Because what he said in that was that he saw thousands, which scares the fire out of me sometimes. But he saw political influence with the city, that they would come to us, that we would be a, a sounding board for decisions in our community. That, the, that one day the mayor of our city and even the governor would know about this house and seek wisdom, godly wisdom, not Brian's wisdom, prayer wisdom, godly wisdom from this house. That hospitals would call us first before they signed off on an obituary but believed that if they came here, God might just heal them. You go, Pastor, how can you say I don't know. But I can tell you this, it won't happen with snakes, goats, and wolves in the house. It'll only happen if we choose to be sheep. Be sheep of the fold. Let God do his greatest work in us. I'm going to say this. I said it last week. I'm going to say it again. There is no place I'd rather be in this world than in this room with you. And every morning I wake up thankful that I'm not homeless, that I'm not living in my car still, parking at a gas station, taking showers at the truck stop, but that I'm thankful that God gave me a church that loves God as much as I do. But understand this, if all it is is in this room, then we've not done our assignment. Your job is to fill your seat so that we can do what God's called us to do because sheep long for the success of the family. So as the pastor of this house, I declare no more snakes, no more goats, no more wolves. This shall be a house of the sheep of his pasture. Everybody stand to your feet.